0: Welcome to another episode of the Small Talk Podcast with me, Katie Fairman. Now, don't say I am not dedicated to this podcast, okay guys, because I have just got back from being at a gig tonight. I went to see Tom Grennan, absolutely amazing, but I've kind of got those feelings where my ears are currently ringing because the music was so loud and so good and I was singing my little heart out, so I feel like I've got a bit of a croaky voice, but I have just gone on my phone, gone on my social media and seen that Fernando Alonso has been given his podium position back for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and... I had a lot of notifications of people wanting me to sort of talk through the penalty, give my initial reactions and there's still a lot for me to sort of learn as I go Um, so I thought that we could go through that journey together of finding out how Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso managed to reclaim that P3 position back and just have a general catch up with you guys. It's currently um, quarter to midnight so way past my bedtime. I'm literally a grandma, this is not, not good for me but I'm so full of adrenaline from the concert and seeing this news that I thought, why not sit down and record a little podcast so here we are now as per tradition as we need to make it on this podcast go and pop on the kettle get yourself a brew i have chosen a decaf yorkshire tea today to maybe slightly calm me down you know i don't need more caffeine after all of today but yeah go and grab yourself a drink and let's chat about fernando alonso and this pesky post-race penalty So let's start at the start, always a good place, and how Fernando Alonso got this first original penalty to begin with. So essentially, as the cars were all lined up on the grid, Fernando Alonso wasn't in his grid box properly. And this is something that we saw with Esteban Ocon literally two weeks ago in Bahrain. And from memory, Pierre Gasly was probably like the last kind of person to do that. I cannot remember for the life of me which race it was, but I feel like it was in 2021. Hold on, let me check this. Yes, yeah, so Pierre Gasly got himself a five-second penalty for lining up out of position on the grid at the Spanish Grand Prix way back in 2021, but it's obviously become quite a common thing. We've had it twice in two races. What made it even stranger is then for both Esteban Ocon and Alpine, Estebesti. Besti, as uh, I haven't called him that in ages, but I, I can't let that slide. Este Besti, we've got to keep going with that. Um, so Esteban Ocon, didn't serve the penalty correctly in Bahrain and then was awarded a further penalty, which is a rare thing in itself, but then this is what they have accused Fernando Alonso of doing in that he came in for his five second time penalty to be served alongside his normal pit stop and what was accused is that one of the people on the car, so the rear jack man, the guy that has to sort of wedge his jack underneath the car and help lift it up to make sure that the tyres can come on and come off and all that kind of good stuff uh, he touched the car within that five seconds that you're allegedly not meant to touch it and so as a result he was then investigated like right at the end of the race even though this happened much much earlier on and uh got a penalty for it post-race penalty so he was demoted from p3 finishing on the podium he literally got to have the celebration spray the champagne or whatever it was rose water i'm not quite sure and you know get his trophy and then it all got taken away from underneath his feet after that which funny enough people weren't too happy about Now, if you know me, you know that if a person deserves a penalty they should receive said penalty. You know I am I love the rule book and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day if you break the rules you deserve to get the sanctions that are deemed appropriate. That's how I see it. But what a lot of people weren't happy with was that Fernando Alonso had this pit stop and this jack man apparently touching the car. This happened on lap 20 or 21. Yeah so he came in for his stop on lap 18 along with everyone else because the safety car was issued for Lance Stroll's stranded Aston and Martin, and we all saw it on the international feed that this Jackman looked like he touched the rear of the car, and nothing was done about it, nothing was investigated. So, then imagine everybody's surprise when. What felt like the very last lap, we get a notification to say that the stewards are looking into how Alonso served his penalty on the 18th lap. Hang on a minute, guys. We're literally at the end of the race. This is like a 50-lap race, and only now you were saying that you have seen this footage, and it's been delivered to you, and now you're going to investigate it. Like, surely that should have been given to you way, way, way before. Half an hour or more before this moment and dealt with appropriately I mean I'm not being funny the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix although I've said on this podcast I think that I really enjoy the race it wasn't as exciting and as action packed as we normally see in fact it's a podcast for a whole nother day but the first two races of the year so far I know maybe I'm holding up to big expectations but really have fallen flat in my estimations and my expectations but like I say that's a run for another time guys Alonso got given this penalty as I said after the podium and now he's got it back so 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 what I've been doing is I have been having a read through an article by Madeline Coleman at The Athletic. Big shout out to Madeline; She is a fantastic journalist and you should give her a follow if you don't already. But she's written a piece on The Athletic about how Alonso lost his 100th podium finish, which is another thing. He's a sixth driver, I think they said, to ever achieve that. Amazing. Um, But how he lost his 100th podium finish and then got it back again. So I thought we could sort of talk through this a bit together. So, in this piece, Madeline says that we got the huge delay because, at first, both race control and the remote operations centre in Geneva, which is essentially Formula One's equivalent to football's VAR or VAR. i don't think it's called var i think it's called var but i'm not a football nerd so i really hope that you're not laughing at me as i'm doing this but anyway um they determined that alonso had properly served the time penalty then on the final lap of the grand prix race controls shared a report with the stewards saying that actually they didn't think the penalty was properly served and requested an investigation after reviewing video evidence the stewards found that during those five seconds, a mechanic had touched the car with a rear jack. And then in quotes, it says, Based on the representation made to the stewards that there was agreed position that touching the car would amount to working on the car, the stewards decided to impose a penalty. And that is what the decision document said. However, after the race, Aston Martin understandably appealed the decision. And according to the FIA, it argued that agreed position about what counted as working on the car was actually incorrect and so was the penalty. So not great when you've got a team arguing with the governor body about actually what a rule even means like we've had this conversation so many times how can a rule that should be in black and white be open to interpretation this shouldn't be allowed we know what formula one teams are like everybody whether that's drivers whether that's people within the team will find any which way to get out of serving penalties or finding loopholes like that's as much part of the sport as being as fast on track you know these teams want to try and find every which way they can to take full advantage of the way the regulations are and so the FIA has to really clamp down on that and stop that from happening because otherwise it's anyone's game. So the decision document from the FIA then says that having reviewed the new evidence we concluded that there was no clear agreement as was suggested to the stewards previously that could be relied upon to determine that parties had agreed that a jack touching a car would amount to working on the car. In the circumstances, we considered that our original decision to impose a penalty on car 14, which is Alonso's car, needed to be reversed and we did so accordingly. Then what stresses me out even more is Madeline continues and says, early Monday morning in Jeddah, an FIA spokesperson helped make sense of it. Which I'm thinking, crikey, these poor people, these poor journalists, and, you know, people at the FIA that probably want to go back to bed and go to their hotel room, are having to still work through all of this paperwork and release these statements and stuff. Like, everybody's probably wanting to be back in their beds and in their pyjamas like I am right now and just having a chill one, not be having to, you know, give people positions back it's just unnecessary then you've got poor George Russell who has been told in the media pen oh by the way George you've got third and you know you can see his live reaction if you go on Twitter or Instagram I'm sure it's on there and obviously he's elated slightly bittersweet because you know every driver wants to feel that winning feeling or podium feeling actually on the podium and not celebrate afterwards but a podium's a podium trophy's a trophy points are points however he's then been given the trophy from Alonso to him so he thinks it's rightfully his then he probably heard oh wait no Aston Martin are appealing they're gonna ask for it to be looked at and then I mean what happens? Who has the trophy now? Did George get on a private jet? And is he flying back with the trophy? How's it going to be given back to Alonso? Has it already been done? Like all of these questions that I have, maybe I'm just going off on a mad one because it's quite late. But uh, I need to know. And it reminds me actually of Hungary in 2021, where Sebastian Vettel, traumatic thing I'm talking about here, but Sebastian Vettel got disqualified from the podium. I know, sad times, I'm still not over it. I need to get a grip, but makes me sad. Sebastian Vettel got disqualified from the whole race because... Because of this fuel insufficient sample. And there were jokes afterwards to say that the next person that got the trophy never received it. I think it was Lewis. It's uh, one of those things. But it's just another, another thing from the FIA that they really don't need. You know, they're meant to be heading into this new generation. Obviously, after everything that happened with Abu Dhabi 2021, it reached its lowest point that it could have ever reached. And it's such a shame because the governing body does so much good For all these various championships, yet sometimes they seem to get caught up and made a fool out of from just the most simple of things. That's the situation with Alonso. I'm glad that some sense has prevailed, but then it's just going to beg the question, well, what does working on the car count as? So if you can get a jack and the jack can touch the car. That doesn't include working on the car like it's something that's really going to have to be looked at and going to have to be cleared up before we go to Australia in 10 days because, as we've said earlier in this podcast teams, drivers, whoever you name it, will always try and take the mickey when it comes to these rules if they're not clear enough. So I'm I'm down for these regulations being adjusted and updated and amended as we learn these costly lessons, but it can't be happening what feels like every other race weekend. You know, these, these rules really need to be looked at and every single possible scenario, although as difficult as it may be and time consuming as it may be, needs to be investigated and looked into and sort of tied it up because otherwise we're just going to have the same issue with something else down the line whether that's in Formula One or World Rally Championship or you know other things that the FIA are responsible for but anyway what do I know eh? Anyway I hope you've enjoyed the sort of mini rant um, that I've done I hope that half of it makes sense because I don't really know what's going on I still feel like my mind is within that concert but yeah lots of big talking points from that Saudi Arabian Grand Prix huge congratulations to Sergio Perez king of the street circuits that man is like it's so impressive and uh, I'm really also glad to see him get a win here at the Jeddah Corniche circuit because I feel like he was really mugged off here last year, well I don't feel, I know he was mugged off here last year with the whole uh, you know faux pit call from Ferrari and then pitting at that unfortunate time where there was literally a safety car the next lap, but uh, it seems as well that the track seems much safer this year, obviously so far when we visited the Jeddah Corniche circuit in 2021 and 2022, uh, we've come away from the weekend with there being some pretty heavy smashes and crashes and stuff like that, whereas fortunately this year Touchwood, well I can say I can say that now, the weekend's over, but we didn't have any sort of big crashes, which is good to see. And so hopefully that will continue. Another thing that comes to mind, which I tweeted about in the race, is that oh, I, I hate to be that person. F one TV direction, like There are some real improvements, like I, I enjoy the new graphics that we've got whenever a penalty has been issued or we've got a new race leader and, you know, all that kind of thing. I'm like, yep, that's really cool. I'm enjoying that. Make it more easy to understand, more accessible for newer fans, all that kind of stuff. But you've got to stop showing replays from like when we're on lap two or three and there's evident action going on on track and we're watching somebody's start that we've literally just seen a few minutes beforehand the the technology must be there to do split screens I don't understand also the audio for the cars was actually out of sync at one point for what we were seeing on track and there was a couple of moments where I was like oh my gosh they have a problem and I was like oh no it's just that the engine noises you know shifting up and all that kind of stuff was completely out of sync with what the drivers were actually doing on track which was a bit annoying but just minor small things something that when you're trying to be fully immersive in the uh, Formula One experience you kind of pick up on and also I don't know if there's a sorry this is probably turned into an F1 TV direction right now sorry about this Um, but I don't know if there's like a minimum amount of camera time they have to give driver's eye but there were times where they were going over to driver's eye and I'm like you could really do with just sticking with like a heli shot or a stable shot from the side of the track so we can see an overtake happen because at the moment you know we've got maybe two people going into a corner and they could potentially touch and we just go onto driver's eye and i'm like well i can't see what's going on I know this is probably what the driver's seeing, but we haven't got also the benefit of being able to look in the mirror because the, the quality is just not quite there yet. I mean maybe they're just trying these new things out, but for me I'm a bit of a traditionalist, so I kinda miss some of the old ways it was done. But anyway, they're kind of a few basic points. I'm gonna wrap this podcast up because this is meant to be short and sweet, and I also want to try and edit this before I go to bed tonight, and I actually want to get to bed at some point soon, okay? So um hope that you've enjoyed this bit impromptu podcast and and I will speak to you in the next one. Take care. Don't forget to keep giving this podcast five stars if you're enjoying it. I'm seeing all your amazing messages and it really does mean the world and I'll catch up with you later on this week. Take care and have a great week ahead guys. Love you lots. Bye.